You're listening to Distilling Theology. I'm Blake. And I'm Justin. This is a new podcast combining discussions of theology and distilled spirits. And dad jokes. Amen. What's wrong with you people? You're not David. I don't know why you're clapping. I'm talking about you. Fatality. You know... Starting a podcast about theology and distilled spirits is whiskey business. <laughs> I said that with a straight face. This is Distilling Theology. Welcome back to another episode of Distilling Theology. I am very excited tonight. We're going to talk about a very tantalizing subject, mm. as usual. Um, but before we... Hop right in to the spicy uh, topic of this evening. <laughs> uh, Blake, why we're gonna don't you... It, open- we're going to let it <laughs> brew for a little while. <laughs> yo, how don't does mine about make it. his tea? He, he brews, brews it. it. <laughs> yo. Blake, why don't you open us up in a prayer from the Valley of Vision? I would love to. This is called God, the Source of All Good. O Lord God, who inhabitest eternity, the heavens declare thy glory, the earth thy riches, the universe is thy temple, thy presence fills immensity. Yet thou hast of thy pleasure created life and communicated happiness. Thou hast made me what I am and given me what I have. In thee I live and move and have my being. Thy providence has set the bounds of my habitation and wisely administers all my affairs. I thank thee for thy riches to me in Jesus, for the unclouded revelation of him in thy word, where I behold his person, character, grace, glory, humiliation, sufferings, death, and resurrection. Give me to feel a need of his continual saviorhood, And cry with Job, I am vile. With Peter, I perish. With the publican, be merciful to me, a sinner. Subdue in me the love of sin. Let me know the need of renovation as well as of forgiveness in order to serve and enjoy thee forever. I come to thee in the all-prevailing name of Jesus with nothing of my own to plead, no works, no worthiness, no promises. I am often straying, often knowingly opposing thy authority, often abusing thy goodness. Much of my guilt arises from my religious privileges, my low estimation of them, my failure to use them to my advantage. But I am not careless of thy favor or regardless of thy glory. Impress me deeply with a sense of thine omnipresence, that thou art about my path, my ways, my lying down, my end. Amen. Amen. It's a good one for today. It is a good one. Because today, we are going to enjoy a spirit uh, of, at least to me, unknown origin. Dun, dun, dun. (laughs) And before we talk about the subject today, we should taste this. We should. So that I can guess what it might be. (laughs) That's right. I was going to say, I have a game for you. Um, I want to see if you can figure out what it is. Now... Uh, if you'd like to use a lifeline, I can give you one clue. <laughs> All right, I'll wait till I have a sip. 
I okay. just said if I need Let's a smell it and see, see what you smell from it. So it, it definitely smells like something up my alley. That's good. It's very sweet. Some tartiness. Some fruit. Mm. Some apples. Some citrus. It's very light on any... Um, Blake, do you have the coronavirus? <laughs> Shh. I'm working from home anyways. It's all right. Yeah, me too. I've been working from home now. I've been uh, breaking out a glass every once in a while. hey Sometime after the noontime. Smells good. Tell you Jeez. right now, I'm going to enjoy it. I can almost guarantee that. Let's, uh, let's take a sip and see what we're thinking. Mm. Oh, yeah. Caramel candies. It's got some spice. It's got some pepper. It's got some caramel. Faintest bit of oak. I was going to say a little bit of toffee, maybe. Mm. It's a nice full body, too. It's not, like, super watery on the tongue. Mm-mm. No, it's got, but it's still got a very thin texture. Yeah. Very thin mouthfeel. What do you think? Where where are you? At? Let, well, let's let's do this. It is, it is a whiskey. This is a yeah. I was gonna say, is this a bourbon? Um, yes. Ten points to Gryffindor. It's definitely got the spicy bourbon points. Yeah, this is good. I feel like I've had this before, but I don't know if I don't know if we recorded with it. I don't remember, <laughs> but I've definitely had this before. Maybe. So familiar. Like the more that I drink, it, the more familiar it's becoming. <laughs> I'm I'm thoroughly enjoying this. It's not Woodford, is it? No, but you're in the neighborhood, proverbially. It's very good. I, I, I'm glad you, gotta, like you it. You gotta tell me. I can't okay, tell. Okay, so, we have tasted this before. Not this exact... Well, okay. <laughs> Justin, we distinguish. Two hours later. <laughs> we have tasted this distillery before on the show. We've actually tasted this mash bill on the show before Mm. however this is from the distillery it's a private select that was carefully selected it's a carefully selected combination of oak stave finishes that's bottled at a higher proof than what we tasted on the show so it's the base whiskey that we've had before but it has a bunch of different oak staves that it that it was had some extra aging with um and it's bottled at a higher proof but i don't know oh are you googling it no <laughs> no that's right it's not helping that's all right i can tell you now i just i am enjoying this uh momentary uh is game this, show is it so, it's not makers is it it is <laughs> private select so um it says the whiskey inside every bottle of makers mark private select is created using a custom recipe of oak staves unique to each barrel each stave imparts a distinct flavor profile which in combination produces a whiskey that is truly one of a kind every time. So this one um, had three seared uh, French cuvee, uh, three Makers 46 staves, three roasted French mocha staves, and I think that's one French spice stave. This is number seven, so I could look it up. Private Select number seven, it is bottled at 110 proof or 55% alcohol by volume. And it is delightful. So and there we go. It was so familiar. I was like, I, I, yeah, I, I know I've tasted this. There's <laughs> something I was, close. I really enjoyed it. So this wasn't actually like a pre-planned thing. It was just that when I was bottling up samplers to bring to Justin, I had an uneven number of sample bottles. So I was like, well, you know, I'll put I'll put a few things in there that are a little odd and ends. And then when I was printing labels, I didn't want to waste a whole nother sheet of paper to make a label for this. So I just didn't label it. And I was like, I'll remember what it is. 
and then it became a little game and now you know we're on episode 18 and uh here we are <laughs> so thanks for thanks for uh indulging in your shenanigans <laughs> so speaking of alcohol hey uh we wanted to talk tonight a little bit about christian liberty and alcohol because there's going to be a lot of people obviously who uh especially i think in this very westernized very modern evangelical circle uh where people just have a tendency to either be very for or very against alcohol um i i actually come uh, across this a lot with people who are in the more um non-denominational or pentecostal people um yeah I can think of at least one or two conversations I've had where uh, they've been like, you should never drink alcohol. Uh, Drinking alcohol always leads to something bad, blah, blah, blah. And I'd say, well, what about these verses that seem to be affirming, if not blessing alcohol? Uh, And they would never have it. They would never have an answer for that. They would just say, well, I've always seen it lead to this. It always, every time I've seen, you know, it leads to so many bad things. Um, It's like, well, just because you've seen the bad things doesn't necessarily mean you're probably not seeing the good things or the things that don't lead to bad things because it's just not a people don't just go out of their way to like like yeah i had whiskey last night you know so it's like of course you're going to see the bad things because right that gets accentuated and it gets put in the public and then it comes to the, the pastor and so on so like of course those things are going to stand out but uh but we wanted to talk because obviously we're a podcast that affirms uh alcohol uh, to Wait, some degree what? <laughs> and so it's so we wanted to talk a little bit about especially news because to me. we may have we may have people in our audience who are uh, teetotalers uh, or who maybe have been alcoholics um, and so we want to address this topic for those people so that we can clarify some things and and uh, hopefully shed some light on uh, on this topic well said yeah I'm gonna borrow a quote from our boy C.S. Lewis he says, it is a mistake to, to think that Christians ought all to be teetotalers. Mohammedanism, not Christianity, is the teetotal religion. Of course, it may be the duty of a particular Christian or of any Christian at a particular time to abstain from strong drink, either because he is the sort of man who cannot drink at all without drinking too much, or because he is with people who are inclined to drunkenness and must not encourage them by drinking himself. But the whole point is that he is abstaining for a good reason from something which he does not condemn and which he likes to see other people enjoy. One of the marks of a certain type of bad man is that he cannot give up a thing himself without wanting everyone else to give it up. And that is not the Christian way. I think that's a really good starting point to come into it from, from Lewis. Um, obviously, the author of the Chronicles of Narnia, the author of Mere Christianity, um, someone who's had a profound effect on many of our Christian lives and, and people who sure. we know, uh, even though he's not kind of in the same stream of theological thought as we fall into on, on many points where it is critically important, he he does align. But I think he has a lot of wisdom in there and that we're, like it's abstaining for good reason and not because I think that the thing is inherently bad. Um, yes. Because one thing to talk about is there's an argument that I've heard 
Not as much anymore, but it's still there. You still see it sometimes in certain fundamentalist groups where they will say, well, no, 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 no. When it says wine, it really means grape juice. So, you know. Yeah, I've heard that one a couple of times. Not so much anymore these days. Yeah. Um, thank goodness. Uh, it's because, because now we can really... Google Greek. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, exactly. Um, no, I've heard that argument before, and it doesn't even follow suit, like, logically. Uh, I mean, this the same word uh, is used, for example, for uh, Luke uh, prescribing um, Paul to have wine to, to dull the pain of the thorn in his side, whatever that was. Uh, you yeah. wouldn't give somebody juice uh, as a form of medication for pain. <laughs> right. Dick, yeah, I know you have a headache. Why don't you go get some Welch's? Uh, <laughs> take two or three sips. Right. Probably dull the pain a little. But no, of course not. So, yeah. obviously there's a point. Alcohol is designed, uh, quite literally, uh, right. for a purpose. Um, right. Well, think, think about the verse, right? Be, the, yeah, go ahead. The commendation about, like, be not drunk with wine. Okay, let's substitute that for a second. <laughs> be not drunk with Welch's. Or, or like Noah, <laughs> um, after the ark lands and uh, his sons find him there and he's, he's drunk, like, he wasn't drinking grape juice. Neither was Lot yeah. in no. his situation. <laughs> it was not grape juice. Yeah. Uh, um, you know, a little too much of the grape juice, you know, my clothes just start coming off and my kids got to cover me, you know. And I'm, oh my it's gosh. Ridiculous. Yeah, or and then Jesus' miracle too at a wedding. Like, mm. what was the last wedding you went to that they served grape juice? Yeah, John two. Um, I have the verse right here. Oh, shoot. Uh, John two three through eleven uh, says when the wine was gone, uh, Jesus' mother said to him, "They have no more wine." Woman, why do you involve me? Jesus replied. First of all, I love that he just addresses her. Woman, <laughs> why do you involve me? <laughs> uh, my hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, do whatever he tells you. Nearby stood six stone water jars of the kind used by the Jews for ceremonial washing. Uh, I think there's some fun implications there as well, but each holding from 20 to 30 gallons. Jesus said to the servants, fill the jars with water. So they filled them to the brim. Then he told them, now draw some out and take it to the master of the banquet. They did so, and the master of the banquet tasted the water that had been turned into wine. He did not realize where it had come from, though the servants who had drawn the water knew. Then he called the bridegroom aside and said, Everyone, bring out the choice wine first, and then the chap cheaper wine after that. And the guests have had too much to drink, but after you've saved the best until now. Uh, what Jesus did in the Cana of Galilee. So, uh, first of all, well, it says that at, that's a read sign. Read that verse 11, though. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, <laughs> now that I'm reading ahead, it's, a, it's really actually quite significant. What Jesus did in uh, Cana of Galilee was the first of the signs which, <laughs> through which he revealed his glory and his disciples believed in him. Uh, he turned water to wine and that revealed his glory. <laughs> mm. uh, and think of, as far as I understand it too, historically speaking, what they would do is they would bring out the nice wine first, the strongest wine, um, which again, this wouldn't make any sense if it was not alcohol. Right. They would bring out the best uh, first, and when the people had too much to drink, they would bring out the cheaper stuff, which was much more diluted, uh, and so that it would slow the process down of people having too much to drink. Um, so really, again, that honestly only really applies if 
Now, I'm, here's another argument I've encountered. People might say, well, alcohol can lead to bad things, so why even start? Why, why sure. even start? It, I've always applied the same logic here. Uh, eating food can lead to gluttony and obesity, which uh, is terrible for your health, and it's a sin to be a glutton. So why should you ever eat food or sex? Hey, yeah. uh, that can lead to adultery or fornication or whatever. Right. So you're married, but we know that sex is bad and can lead to bad things. So you probably should. I mean, that doesn't apply in any other situation. Right. So why apply it to alcohol other than having some sort of maybe cultural bias against it? And there might be like, there might be family history. There might be situations Mm -hmm. where there are legitimate, good, proper reasons to abstain. But again, those are individual basis, not a universal blanket statement of total uh, temperance or total abstinence from alcohol forever, you know, And, and I do want to preface by saying, I know a couple of very dear friends of mine, some of them are pastors who just out of personal choice of their conscience, they've chosen to abstain, you know, from alcohol. And I have nothing but respect for that. So none of this is putting down those who have from a good. Yeah. My dad's had a sip of beer in his life. That's right. He was drinking (laughs) uh, uh, Camden tap water with us when we interviewed him. And I respect that immensely. (laughs) So there's none of this is a, is a knock against good and faithful reasons for choosing to abstain um, from, from the consumption of alcohol. That's, not what we have in, in mind. If we ever get in that path, please uh, angry tweet us. Call and speak to the manager. <laughs> because because that's not what we want, you know, obviously. We enjoy it. And just because we enjoy it doesn't mean that now, no, you have to enjoy it because that's also a serious problem. <laughs> well, right. And it's the same thing. The, the reverse is also true. Uh, if you choose to, dis- to abstain, uh, you shouldn't necessarily feel the need to force that on those of us who enjoy it. Um, it's that idea of liberty versus antinomianism, right? Hey. Uh, <laughs> those are big words, uh, Justin. You should break those down. So, right. Antinomianism being uh, the idea that Christians are released by grace from the obligation of observing the moral law. Obviously, we know <laughs> that we're not. Uh, <laughs> I, I think the, the argument, you'd have to struggle really hard to argue that we're not ob- obligated to the moral law. Uh, as set forth by scripture, but, um, yeah. shall we sin more that grace may abound? Uh, uh, what, uh maybe, uh, sure. Uh, may it never be. Yeah. May it never be. This is not Paul. the way. <laughs> we're just, uh, we're just really waiting for Mandalorian season two to drop. Let's be honest. That's true. <laughs> Anyways. So obviously, um, we do have more law to abide by, um, but we don't want to be either legalistic. So we don't want to be so, uh, so in, so <laughs> obsessed with the letter of the law that we become like the Pharisees. Um, but we also don't want to uh, just totally ignore the law and <laughs> yeah. uh, in hopes that grace will abound. Um, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say um, to that thought, I know I quoted this book this book um, last week, but I would definitely commend um, Sinclair Ferguson's "The Whole Christ." Uh, it's a pretty easy read, and it's just one of the best contemporary writings I've read personally on uh, the balance of legalism and antinomianism, and 
he basically argues that they both stem from the same legal spirit. Sure. Which is, even though the, the result is appears opposite on the surface, ultimately they both have a false view of, of the law gospel distinction. Um, so the book is uh, The Whole Christ by Sinclair Ferguson. It's definitely worth a read or a listen on Audible if you're into that kind of thing. So anyways, Absolutely. carry on. There's my shameless plug um, that I'm <laughs> not getting sponsored for. <laughs> Crossway, sponsor us. They've liked several of our photos on Instagram. I know, it's great. Uh, I actually have a separate Instagram that I use for uh, a separate purpose. If you haven't noticed, I'm always wearing one particular brand of clothing. Um, well, how would the people I, see, Justin? How how uh, would they... They would see if they joined us on Patreon for three ninety nine a month, you can see video content, get extra content. Uh, there's going to be giveaways. Um, you can uh, enjoy unedited uh, portions of our podcast. <laughs> That's uh, true. Like when we screw up. Uh, hey, which <laughs> is like my all nose the time. When I think no one's looking. Uh, That's so weird. <laughs> um, On that, yeah, we so... want to shout out to all our new patrons. Thank you oh, yeah. um, to Rebecca, Conrad, and Sarah for joining us and helping to support the show. We really appreciate you guys. And um, the rest of y'all, we understand. We still love you. <laughs> we do. Um, <laughs> no, so the whole point of that was, was I have a separate Instagram. Crossway has also liked my photos there, and that's Ooh. been pretty cool as well. Uh, yeah, full circle here. <laughs> Sleeping on us. It's all right. <laughs> Sleeping on distilling theology. <laughs> uh, Blake, um, we have some verses here that I think might be beneficial uh, to our listeners that uh, speak directly to the subject uh, of alcohol, both giving uh, positive and uh, warnings um, regarding uh, regarding it, which I think would help our listeners have a more balanced view. Um, because a lot of these things I didn't even think about or realize um, until I really started kind of studying the subject. Um, when I was making a decision on whether or not I was going to be a drinker or not be a drinker and so on. Um, sure. So, but I was pretty astounded to hear what scripture has to say about wine and strong drink. Um, why don't you go ahead and read some, some of these verses to us? All right. Now the question is, do we do the bad news or the good news first? <laughs> oh, I wish we had an interactive poll. Hey. <laughs> Well, actually, at some point, we're going to consider doing uh, a live episode in the Distilling Theology Facebook group. So you want to join that group and uh, let us know when you want us to do that and what whiskey you want us to taste for that uh, so everyone can taste along with us. That's an idea that definitely didn't just spontaneously happen right there. Anyways, um, so on the positive side, in the book of Ecclesiastes, the teacher writes in Ecclesiastes 9, 7, Go eat your food with gladness and drink your wine with a joyful heart for God has already approved what you do. So that's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. Um, Especially in a book that's very like, very um, pessimistic isn't the right word, but it's where Proverbs is much more as a, as a piece of wisdom literature talking about the way life should function and the the way that the universe should work because of God's design. Ecclesiastes is a little more world weary and like, Basically, Ecclesiastes is the author saying, it'd be like that sometimes. <laughs> that happened. Put that on a t-shirt. All right. Uh, Psalm 104 uh, from verses uh, 14 to 15. The psalmist writes, he makes grass grow for the cattle and plants for people to cultivate, bringing forth food from the earth, wine that gladdens human hearts, 
oil to make their faces shine, and bread that sustains their hearts. So there's this association of, of wine with joy, with um, gladdening, with this happiness that is not condemned in these passages. Uh, I think now, that goes well yeah. with the Chesterton quote that you had as well. So G.K. Chesterton, a papist, but uh, someone who had some good thoughts to say along the way. A wise um, papist, if you will. <laughs> he is. And, and he's got that very dry British wit that is endlessly entertaining. And this quote, I remember reading this and like rereading it because it just struck me for its simplicity. It's a kind of absurdity, but also the truthfulness of it. Um, you'll see what I mean. So he writes, drink because you are happy, but never because you are miserable. Never drink when you are wretched without it, or you will be like the gray faced gin draker in the slum. But drink when you would be happy without it, and you will be like the laughing peasant of Italy. Never drink because you need it. But this is rational drinking and the way to death and hell. But drink because you do not need it. For this is irrational drinking and the ancient health of the world. <laughs> but I think there's but, some, yeah, there's truth in that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, wine was clearly given to man to be enjoyed, uh, to be, dis you know, obviously there's discernment involved. But assuming you know Christ and assuming you're using what he's given us for his glory, which is the purpose of our existence, uh, naturally, we would want to use it wisely and enjoy it. Uh, it obviously has the capability to uh, loosen people up and really bring, bring, uh, bring joy to people, assuming they are using it wisely. Um, sure. It's very easy. I think it's also very easy to um, be an icebreaker with people to sit down and say, hey, let's let's grab a beer let's grab a drink. Uh, right. Let's talk. You know, I can't tell you how many deep, meaningful theological conversations I've had with Christians and non-Christians uh, over a beer over the That's years. Literally why we started this thing, right? because we would get together and I was like introducing you to smoky scotch and we just. When we were, what was the substance of our conversation was theology and, and right. the glory of God. So it was like, Absolutely. hey, hey, we should, we should make a podcast. <laughs> so you're welcome. I'm sorry. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Time will tell. For the, for the record, I was not listening to the Reformed podcast at that time in my life. So I, I want to make a stake claim in the ground that this was actually an original idea. Uh, <laughs> I mean, so, a case can be made except that the live stream was in the Reformed Pub, a Facebook yeah. group that spun off of the Reformed Pubcast. <laughs> but I didn't I didn't really know about the podcast. I was one of those guys that was there's like, a podcast. There's a podcast. <laughs> yeah. You realize we're already starting to get those people in our Facebook group, and I don't know how that's possible because we have so few we people join our group. 300 something people? Join the group. Anyways, it's amazing. Um, it, it, anyway. it is seriously. On that note, though, we actually to that community, we love all of you guys that are in the group because there was a topic that came up this week that could have in other groups that I've been in, and it's not a, a particular group; it's just a tendency online. Some of these topics tend to get people into a fighting mood, and they cannot disagree civilly. 
Mm-hmm. And admins have to start muting people and banning people or shutting down threads. Sure. We had like 115 comments on this. And aside from one little friendly reminder to show grace and charity and um, be excellent to each other, like nothing crazy happened. And right. so I, I am just so proud of the Facebook group. So it's definitely a great, I mean, the fact is people can disagree respectfully and that is really all we could want from that group. And hopefully some good dad jokes and memes, which there have been quite a few good ones. Yeah, I agree. I was just going to kind of move on and say, obviously there's, um, there's a lot to be said, uh, speaking highly of alcohol. Um, this is by no means a uh, complete list of, of, uh, of the verses that speak positively about it. Um, For sure. You know, we we touched on uh, the, the, with the wedding feast, um, and then these other verses. Uh, but there's also several warnings given in scripture, uh, which are very important to understand, so that we can properly put into context uh, how we approach something like strong drink. Um, for example, First Peter four verse three uh, says, "For you have been sent enough time in the past doing what pagans choose to do." living in debauchery, lust, drunkenness, orgies, carousing, and detestable idolatry. So they essentially saying, look, you've spent enough time doing what the pagans are, are doing, which is obviously nothing good. Uh, and included in right. that list is drunkenness. Um, so we want to make it clear, uh, obviously, that yes, well, drinking has a purpose. Uh, one of those purposes for the Christian should not be drunkenness. Uh, right. It's very clear. Scripture talks only negatively about drunkenness. Being a drunkard, somebody who gets drunk, um, is is very clearly spoken only negatively uh, about. Um, there's never been a, a celebratory verse that says drunkenness. Yay! Well, actually, in in uh, in that same vein, First Corinthians six verse nine mm-hmm. says, uh, "Or do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God?" Do not be deceived. And then he has this famous list. Neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor men who practice homosexuality, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. But then there's that glorious hope in verse 11, very similar to what we just read in Peter. And such were some of you, but you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the spirit of our God. So, yeah. Yeah, precisely. Still following in that same vein as well. Uh, Ephesians 5, 18. Um, Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. Um, Don't be filled with spirits. Be filled with the Spirit. (laughs) Because we distinguish. (laughs) Good dad joke. This is distilling theology. This is how we do. It sure is. I'm going to skip in our notes here a little bit because I want to talk based on those verses I want to talk a little bit about uh, discernment and what we do with our brothers who may struggle with alcohol. Um, I think this is a very important point to be made. If you know somebody who struggles with alcoholism or who can't control themselves when they drink, um, obviously, that's a good time to abstain. (laughs) Uh, I've, I've seen... I've seen literally before my eyes, I have seen people who are in other situations, some very admirable Christians, uh, but have not been wise with when they exercise their Christian liberty. And so they do cause their brothers to stumble. Um, 
and can either ruin their witness or they can cause somebody to fall into uh, something that they are struggling with, um, alcohol included. That's a very... Uh, if you're unsure where you're at, if you're going to cause somebody to stumble, uh, obviously it's best to exercise caution and yeah. perhaps abstain even even if you you know don't think you have to. If you're unsure, perhaps might be one of those situations where you exercise wisdom and just uh, abstain for the time being. But Yeah, that's wise. And that's Paul's wisdom, basically, right? He's like, I don't want to be a stumbling block to other people. And so even though I'm happy, I mean, his specific thing was was uh, eating certain foods, right? He's like, mm-hmm. Even though I, I feel that I'm of a clean conscience before, you know, because of Christian liberty to partake of this thing. Um, when I'm among those who would feel defiled by it, I'm not going to sit there and eat it in front of them. I'm going to abstain from it for their edification. Uh, and this comes back to that sixth commandment, or uh, sorry, not sixth commandment, the second table of the law about loving neighbor as yourself, right? Yes. Um, yes. The, the second six commandments is what I was trying to say um, that are specifically addressing our interactions with other people. It's to, yeah. to put that preference of the other before yourself. Um, right. And I'm saying that as much to myself as to everyone listening. This is, you know, we're, we're always doing that on this show. We're always trying to uh, encourage you guys, but also very much speak to ourselves and, and keep ourselves accountable um, as we as we seek to grow in grace. Yeah, we always speak with a mirror, you know. Yeah. Now would be a good time to probably talk, or at least read some of our favorite historical theologians' quotes on such subjects. Uh, because Ooh. as... As we do as reformers or uh, what have you, we like to uh, enjoy the wisdom of our brothers and sisters uh, from the past. Mm. Amen. <laughs> Try to be more creative with my words. It wasn't working out. So, um, <laughs> so Blake, why don't you? Why don't if you, you like that sometimes. <laughs> sure. I guess we could just alternate these. So I'll quote from Martin Luther, the OG. He says, whoever drinks beer... He is quick to sleep. Whoever sleeps long does not sin, and whoever does not sin enter heaven. Thus let us drink beer. And there was much rejoicing. (laughs) Um, Which I think is kind of amazing and awesome. Obviously, we get into, like, theology of sin and and human nature. In a Reformed perspective, we are going to affirm that, like, pretty much our entire existence is tainted by sin. So, obviously, Luther's making a dramatic statement here to make a point um, Mm -hmm. that there is a benefit here and that it, you know, we're sleeping, we're doing less, you know, like there's, and it's amusing. Yeah. Also, it's very yeah. much Martin Luther. Yeah. He, he's always uh, had a very, um, uh, he's very blunt <laughs> with his yes. words, um, which is, I think one of the things that I, I so love about Luther because um, I, I've often been accused of the same. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I, I appreciate that. It's one of those, like I identify with him, uh, with wanting to just get the point across. <laughs> Moving on to a warning from uh, one of my favorite Baptists, uh, Mr. Spurgeon, who says specifically, go not to wine for comfort in your hour of depression. Above all things, dread the intoxicating cup in all its forms. Spurgeon did have a very particular view on alcohol, but uh, that being said, there's a lot of wisdom there. Um, which mm. goes similarly with that Chesterton quote, not yeah. to use it as a crutch, not to use it as a as a means to uh, quell our depressions 
our anxieties because we know where the real source of um, life and joy and peace that Mm -hmm. surpasses all human understanding comes from. And it doesn't come from a Glen Cairn or a beer glass. It comes from the word of God alone. Mm. So Mm. a lot of wisdom there. Yeah. And we've got Calvin have to say Johnny boy, John Calvin Juan says we are nowhere forbidden to laugh or to be satisfied with food or to be delighted with music or to drink wine. In other words, God has designed things for our good. He's a good father. Obviously he provides our needs. We'll get into that uh, when we talk about uh, the Sermon on the Mount and some of these other areas where it's speaking specifically about our temporal needs. But at the same time, God hasn't given us a joyless um, ascetic existence or an existence where we're stripped of all pleasure and all joy. We are to be people of self-denial in that we die to self and live to Christ. But in that, that does not mean that God doesn't provide for our needs and doesn't give us joy in the temporal sense. Even though, obviously, we know our hope is eternal. Our hope isn't in those temporary joys. But we can celebrate the goodness of God when we partake of those temporary joys and enjoy them. So, hey. Yes. Hey. <laughs> Swinging back around to Luther. Mm. <laughs> uh, I like this. Uh, I like this quote a lot. He says, I simply taught, preached, and wrote God's word. Otherwise, I did nothing. And while I slept or drank Wittenberg beer with my friends Philip and Amsdorf, the words so greatly weakened the papacy that no prince or emperor ever inflicted such losses upon it. I did nothing. The word did everything. Mm. Um, mm. Such a such an Amen. incredible, <laughs> like, he, such a such a like. Think of that description of life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he, he teaches. He preaches. He sleeps and he drinks with his buddies. <laughs> right. And all the while, the simple preaching of the word and mm. the teaching of the word is loosed like a lion mm. and destroys everything that is coming against it in its path. It's wonderful. It's a wonderful it quote. I love Speaking that. of the papacy and the current pandemic, you see that article that said uh, that, that uh, Pope Francis said, if you can't go to confession, Take your sorrow directly to God. <laughs> and then there's that meme from the office. Uh, yeah, it's good. Wow, that is... And, yeah. <laughs> it's such a good idea. I can't believe no one's ever thought of that. <laughs> it's like, oh, well, I love it so much. You know, that's crazy. Who would have thought? <laughs> My uh, I feel like I've heard that before. <laughs> And, and in seriousness, it is a cool opportunity, I think, for us to be praying for those who are in the Catholic uh, or, or the, the the Roman Church that they would come to know the God of the Bible as He's revealed Himself, and not mm-hmm. be caught up in this tradition and not be caught up in all these ceremonies of men, but to behold the simple worship of God and the simplicity and the beauty of the gospel. So, actually, take that dad joke and turn it into. Uh, a prayer and an opportunity in the midst of this um, that people can see the word and that their eyes will be opened to the reality of the gospel. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think at this point, it's good to take a little bit of wisdom from uh, the confessions um, here in regard to Christian liberty, since ideally, uh, obviously we're talking specifically about alcohol because that is the subject that is talked about most in our podcast is theology and alcohol um 
So uh, that being said, this still applies to anything that falls under the the freedom of a Christian to um, to do, because um, all things can be. Um, there, there are many things that are permissible, but maybe not always wise. Um, and so, obviously, uh, whenever I get the opportunity to quote a confession, it's from mine, <laughs> the Baptist <laughs> confession. <laughs> um, so from the 1689, uh, it says this, They who, upon pretense of Christian liberty, do practice any sin or cherish any sinful lust as they do do thereby pervert the main design of the grace of the gospel to their own destruction, so they wholly destroy the whole end of Christian liberty, which is that being delivered out of the hands of our enemies, we might serve the Lord without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all the days of our lives. Mm. So for those of you who would take such uh, measures as to take the liberty that God gives us, the grace that God gives us to enjoy what he's created— and to use that or to abuse that in such a way uh, to satisfy yourself or indulge in some sin that you uh, so uh, desperately want to cling to, you're entirely uh, obliterating the whole point of Christian liberty by calling what you're doing Christian liberty. Uh, it's sin. <laughs> and so so stop. <laughs> Frankly, uh, stop doing that. Um, turn to Christ. Don't turn to the cup. Turn to the word of mm. God the cup that truly overflows and will always satisfy uh, when, when, <laughs> when, when it comes to matters of, of liberty. So mm. a lot of wisdom there. That's good. And now I've got a, another meme from the group. Yeah. There's a fr- fresh meme from today uh, that one of our moderators, Eli dropped. Oh boy. Said, <laughs> it's, it's he photoshopped you're in my face, our faces on this meme. So it's a, me saying, I, I think I forgot something. And then you're like, if you forgot, then it wasn't important. And me saying, yeah, you're right. And then it shows Distilling Theology interview with Les Lanfear part two. So uh, don't worry, it will be coming. I might even drop it sooner rather than later because our mortal enemies, uh, <laughs> our, our frenemy podcast, as it were, uh, just dropped episode 179, where they discussed Les's film Spirit and Truth with him. What what podcast is this? What what frenemy podcast is well, it's this? It's interesting because they they gave us uh I, I don't know if it was an unintentional shout out, but they commented about us briefly. So we we should actually probably mention them by name finally. Uh, so I'll just read my my comment to Eli. I said this wouldn't have anything to do with the fact that Tony Arsenal just released episode one seventy nine of the Reformed Brotherhood podcast, where they interviewed Les Lanfear about spirit and truth. Would it? <laughs> Uh, but in all seriousness, um, I really appreciate what Tony and Jesse do on that show. Yeah. Very different from ours in, in many ways. It's still two guys talking theology, but they have a little bit more of a, I don't know. I don't know even how to describe it. They talk about culture a little more than we do, and they're a little more focused, I guess, <laughs> as sure, I sure. prepare to uh, buzz around. And that's the thing is all these all these shows are different. And um, uh, well, we were actually... It's amazing how diverse two guys talking about theology <laughs> can actually be it's true uh, it's pretty incredible it is and uh we were also thrilled to be included on a list from the chorus in the chaos of the very best christian podcast for 2020 which like i'm still i'm still kind of amazed and we're we're really glad to be the here top 15 podcasts for christians for 2020 we Ooh. made number 12 we almost made top 10 almost That's fire right there 
next year. We did year. better than our frenemy who came in, what, 13th? Oh. <laughs> uh, no, that's, that's really good. We, we feel super blessed. Um, yeah. Especially considering we're we're only on what episode uh, 18, 18, 19, yeah. and we only have a few hundred listeners right now. Um, but it's been like a huge blessing, and we've managed to like we've just managed to really do a lot in our in our short amount of time with our small amount of listeners. It's been really cool. Um, so what you're saying is we just tricked everybody. <laughs> we did. We fooled everyone into believing we're incredible. <laughs> <laughs> boy oh boy no man no, uh, in seriousness thank you guys for listening and and for supporting us we really appreciate you uh we hope you guys enjoy the content join the facebook group to join the discussion the group is distilling theology we'd love to hear your feedback on our episodes let us know what we can do better because we're still learning um yes. let us know what whiskeys you'd like to see us try what topics you want to hear about obviously going forward we are looking um, at starting to break into those theological topics that we we overviewed a few episodes ago, mm-hmm. and some of those will get even more nitty gritty. It's going to be wild. We'll probably do some more interviews. Um, we might start looking into specific books. Who knows? Uh, that's kind of the fun of podcasting is you can kind of make it up as you go along. And the possibilities are endless. <laughs> oh man, the sky's the limit, or something or other. Seriously, we we appreciate it. We appreciate our new patrons. Uh, you guys are awesome. Really, it does help us a lot with the website yeah. and and, uh, and making all this happening equipment, things like that. It's been um, so it's, it's very helpful. So we love you guys. Thank you so much for listening, Blake. Why don't you lead us out? All right. Thanks again for listening, guys. Next week, be sure to join us for episode nineteen. It's going to be our introduction to systematic theology. A couple of weeks ago, we had our quote unquote brief overview of the study of theology as a whole, and one of those disciplines within that is systematic theology. We're really excited to get into it with you guys. We'll be tasting Open Distillers Edition. You're not going to want to miss it, so be sure to subscribe to the podcast. Follow us on Instagram. Like us on Facebook. You know the drill. We'll see you then. And so, Justin, whatever you do, whether you eat or drink, do all to the glory of God. Soli Deo Gloria. Gloria.